welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, sponsored by AltitudeWithGaming.com. Save up to 30% on your entire order with the promo code BIGBLUE30. Alex Ivers approached back again on this Friday, uh, November 13th, Friday the 13th, unfortunately in 2020. So, um, I don't know any, like, super bad events that happened today, but I'm actually, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today. I came home today, and also to note that, uh... You know, I just have a good feeling about this weekend, but I'm going to get into that uh, very shortly. Some news, Devonta Freeman, he's now on IR. He has an ankle injury. He's been out um, for a couple weeks now, ever since the last Eagles game. So that's a tough loss for the Giants. They uploaded Montre Hartage and Alfred Morris from the practice squad. So that is worthy of noting. And uh, Morris, he's, you know, kind of the second running back now that Wayne Gallman gets the uh, most carries and you know Deion Lewis is more of the pass blocking uh, running back and he's also you know in for like pass plays if he's receiver or whatnot but whatever um, he had meaning Devonta Freeman he had 54 rushes 172 yards and one touchdown this year uh, I forget when the rushing touchdown came to be honest uh, it'd have to be before that Eagles week uh, maybe against the football team uh, not sure about that one, but uh, may have been also against the Cowboys, so um, that's worth looking up. But again, you know he's on IR. Um, Golden Tate apologizes, so we're gonna go into that right now. Not much to talk about as you know, as far as that goes. But I do have a quote, or at least, at least or at least a tweet from Ryan Dunleavy. Uh, that basically states what Golden Tate said. So obviously everybody knows uh, Golden Tate didn't play last week because he decided to be selfish and said, you know, uh, inverbally that Daniel Jones wasn't getting him the ball and he wanted to act pretty silly because of it. Uh, I stated last week or whenever it was that uh, I had my full thoughts on it. I said, look, you know, uh, you're a veteran leader on this team. You should not be doing that. You know, when you have a quarterback who's facing... now. I'm, whether it affects him or not, I don't know. I'm not Daniel Jones. I don't know Daniel Jones personally. Whether the criticism affects him or not, you know, it's debatable. Again, I'm not Daniel Jones, but the criticism he gets for so many of the receiver's mistakes. Now, he does make a lot of mistakes. The interceptions, the fumbles, we get it. You know, maybe not looking at a receiver. Looking at a receiver for the longest time and then throwing to him getting intercepted. Those are mistakes he needs to fix. But the undeniable you know, blames he's gotten is the wide receivers are dropping passes and the offensive line hasn't been producing. You know, they haven't been opening holes. They haven't been pass blocking well. You know, and then you're going to sit here and, you know, a man who evidently, after two mistakes, got you back into the game, throw me the ball. Like, that's so immature, dude. Like, you're, you're taking the Antonio Brown, the Michael Thomas, the Jalen Ramsey route of things, going on social media and, and verbally blasting about it, liking tweets about, oh, the Giants should get rid of Golden Tate. And then his wife, obviously, well, somebody made a point, and I said this before, um, somebody made a point and said, why don't Miss Tate go on uh, the field and strap up? I said, that's a good point, because she doesn't know. And even if she were to, like, I don't know, ask her husband about it, she still doesn't know, because you still got to be on that field and actually getting a feel for it. So Golden Tate apologized. Uh, Here's what Dunleavy tweeted. He put uh, Giants wide receiver Golden Tate said he didn't know his wife was going to post that critical social media message. Everybody saw what she put. But she is my biggest fan and will always have my back. 
He apologized to the entire Giants organization for he and his wife drawing negative attention. He apologized to the GM, the ownership, the coaches, and the team, from my understanding. So, you know, he made up amends for his losses. Good for Golden Tate. And we could finally go out with six receivers pending if any receiver is inactive on Sunday. So, um, Jordan Renan came out with an article and it's about how three of the four witnesses, or I would say victims, of the robbery with DeAndre Baker decided to recant again after they were paid, then they came out again, then they recanted again. So, if you want my honest opinion, it's beating a dead horse at this point. Let the media cover it, in my opinion. You know, if someone's podcast wants to cover it, you know, let them cover it. Personally, I think it's beating a dead horse, and I'm not going to cover it. I'm going to, you know, lay down my thoughts... But I'm not going to, you know, cover it and, uh, oh, watch on this story. Oh, uh, we got to keep an eye on this. You know, every update, every hour. Like, I'm not going to do that. Because DeAndre Baker, the only relation he has to the Giants is that he was drafted by them and was with them for 2019. 2020, obviously, all the allegations set his job on fire and now he's gone. So basically, it's an NFL thing at this point. Any team that tries to take them I guess they'll be dealing with that scrutiny you know this is again beating a dead horse I have better chances of winning the New York lottery than him coming back to the Giants and even if the Giants decide next year they have a new GM okay um we gotta assess the cornerback two position which I'll get to uh, because there are concerns getting to it uh oh we need cornerback two they're not signing DeAndre Baker you know, I'm pretty sure Giants fans are not hopeful with that. But, you know, I guess anyone... I don't know. It doesn't just doesn't make a lot of sense to, like, viciously and religiously cover it. Meanwhile, he's off the team. So, I don't know. So, for stock up, stock down, going into the preview. Uh, I have Daniel Jones at stock up. Wayne Gallman, Alfred Morris, Blake Martinez, Sterling Shepard, Austin Mack, Andrew Thomas, Matt Parrott. Especially stock down, Isaac Yidom, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram. So, uh, I'm going to start off with negativity first. Uh, I don't usually go that route, but I will now. So, Isaac Yadom, he didn't play well last week, missed a couple of tackles. And uh, I kind of like the, uh, I would say, the emphasis that Joe Judge made on the sideline before the defense's, uh, I think it was the final two drives, the final drive. And he said, look, we're not tackling effective. You know, what is this crap of going at the legs? You need to tackle him. You need to get to the ball. And I saw a lot of that last week with the Giants. They were trying to punch the ball out and you saw that on that one fumble from uh Antonio Gibson so yeah I don't he's injured right now I'm gonna get to that in a minute uh Darius Slayton one reception for like six yards or eight yards you know I'm just um maybe Daniel Jones wasn't targeting him just stock down for him you know I expected maybe more involvement maybe he was locked down by Kendall Fuller just one reception for like six to eight yards I don't know just doesn't seem like him uh Golden Tate obviously with the situation Evan Ingram I really don't have any positives at this point you could say oh we got a touchdown no i don't think at this point any giants fan is willing to defend him honestly and if you do you could make a case you know i'm not going to shred anybody and say oh you're making a case for uh evan ingram i'm gonna rip you to shreds no but i think we're at the point where everybody is turned against evan ingram and you know everybody's pretty much saying okay this guy's not a long-term piece because he tried his best last sunday to get an interception of Daniel Jones, or from Daniel Jones, I should say, 
um, because he was, you know, juggling the ball like we're at a circus, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis picked it off even though the ball hit the ground, so they overturned the call. Ingram also dropped another easy pass, caught two hard passes. One was in the end zone, one was another one when I think the linebacker or whoever was covering him was like literally behind him and making it so tough for him. So it doesn't make a lot of sense there. Um, so that's for stock down, stock up, Daniel Jones... You know, he fumbled twice, but he didn't turn over the ball, so that's good for him. Uh, I think he threw one touchdown. That was to Evan Ingram. Uh, Wayne Gallman, another fantastic week, over 60 rushing yards. Uh, same thing with Alfred Morris. Blake Martinez always in there tackling him. And Logan Ryan, they forced the fumble. I should add Logan Ryan and Drupal Peppers to the list of stock up. Everybody was criticizing Drupal Peppers last week. I didn't think he did that bad of a job, honestly. You know, there were certain plays, but I just don't think that you know, what he did in those mistakes changed the complexion of the game, as Chris Canty would like to say. Um, Austin Mack, that 150-yard reception, he was the leading receiver for the Giants. He had, I think, four or five receptions, 72 yards. That's pretty good for an undrafted rookie. Pretty good. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's just there. Um, that's not a bad thing. He's always been that guy that's just there. He's never going to get you, you know, those downfield passes. You know, those short passes, the crossing routes, you know, that's just who he is. So, you know, to expect anything bigger out of him, I really don't know what your expectation is. Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott did not allow any pressures of Daniel Jones last week. And now, you know, people are going to say, as I said on Tuesday, oh, the Giants offensive line, now they gave up uh, five sacks. Well, you have to look at the film. You have to look at what the other people are saying when they're saying, oh, uh, this guy gave up a sack. I think Lemieux probably gave up a sack. I think Fleming probably gave up a sack. Maybe one of the tight ends. Ingram probably. But you can't just say, oh, the offensive line, they did terrible. Listen, look, the offensive line has been nothing to talk about for these last couple of weeks except everything bad. But you're not going to sit here and just say, oh, I'm going to look at the stat sheet and ignore everybody else's analysis. No, you can't do that. Okay, so for the injury report I was talking about, uh, Golden Tate, he is in the injury. He is questionable. Honestly think he should or will be able to give it a go. I mean, they said it wasn't too serious. But again, you know, you still got to see what warm-ups are like for Sunday's game. Isaac Yadoma, calf injury. I'm going to talk about this one before I go into the Eagles one, uh, the Eagles injury report. So... You know, everybody's criticizing Isaac Yadom, especially me. I don't like the guy at corner. Quarterback two to be specific. So, you know, that's just a hurt within itself. And, you know, everybody's saying, oh, uh, DeAndre Baker, he really hurt us, and which he did. Oh, he really hurt us. He would have been cornerback two this year, except he decided to, you know, uh, commit the robbery. Listen, um, there was no guarantee, in my opinion, and trust me, I'm on that train where it says DeAndre Baker hurt us. I'm not going to deny that. But there was no definite guarantee after the effort he put out last year that he was going to be the solidified cornerback too. There was no guarantee. There was no guarantee he was going to take that next step. So, um, it's interesting. It's interesting with that. Uh, but my analysis, I would say, is... I would rather Isaac Yai don't play this week. Now, I would not say that in a million years. We cut Corey Balancing. He's with the Jets now. Um, I think their practice squad or maybe their active roster because they need a lot of help uh, everywhere right now because they're 0-9 and uh, they're heading into the bye week. So, you know, it's like Adam Gase. Anyway, 
Uh, so you cut him. You have Montre Hartage, who's a defensive back. He can play safety. I think he can play corner as well. And then you have uh, Madre Harper, who's another defensive back. So, you know, Harper didn't really have a good game a couple of weeks ago against the Eagles. And he even got two penalties. And, you know, Montre Hartage, he didn't play two snaps. He didn't even play snaps, I should say, in the last two weeks. And he was uploaded for um, the thing where you could upload two practice squad players. He was uploaded for the Tampa game, and he was uploaded for the uh, football team game. So, you know, he didn't play defensive snaps in the last two weeks. So what does that tell you? In my opinion, honestly, I don't know if you want to put Madre Harper there, but... It's it's really bad at the corner position. And I'm not going to say it's, you know, oh, it's terrible, you know, uh, this, that, and the other thing. No. But Ryan Lewis was our best cornerback, too. Then we had to deal with the item. So, uh, was Corey Ballantine's cut a mistake? I don't know. But he was familiar with the defensive system. Now, you got two cornerbacks on the practice squad. You got Jaron Williams and Chris Williamson. Jaron Williams, the rookie, I believe, out of Albany. And then you also have Williamson, who was draft pick out of Minnesota. And obviously, being with the practice squad, they should know the system. And But getting defensive snaps, that's a little cautious. Not really cautious, in my opinion, but it's like, you know, what, are you just going to throw them right in the fire? It doesn't make a lot of sense. They also uploaded Kyle Murphy, by the way. Um... I'm thinking in the next couple of weeks they start giving him snaps, but who knows, you know. Uh, but I like what Joe Judge has been doing at the O-line position nonetheless with the rotations. But my point is, um, the Giants are in a hellhole at cornerback too. And they need to focus on that going to next year's draft. But we're talking about right now, of course, where you can't sign a free agent off the street because they need to go through COVID protocols. And it's going to take them a little bit to learn the system. So, right now, your options are Yadom, if he's healthy, Madre Harper, or Montre Hartage. So, that's really bad at that position. Unexplicably. And, you know, I'm going to get into the rest later about the rushing the passer. Because I was talking with NY Giants Rush, who I used to write for. Uh, I was talking with him on Twitter. His real name is Craig Santucci. I was talking with him on Twitter this week. And he said, you know, I love what Graham is doing. You know, he's improved the defense tremendously. But it's bothering me that they don't have a number one rusher. You know, pass rushers, eloquent ones like Usi Numanura and all the others, got us Super Bowl trophies. You know, with Fackrell and Carter, will we get a Super Bowl trophy? I said that's a good point to bring up. So, I'm going to get into that actually in a couple of minutes. But for right now, let's go to the Eagles uh, injury report. Uh, It's kind of confusing with the game status, but... I think most of these players should play. Uh, Fletcher Cox had an illness. He didn't practice. Uh, I think he still probably is going to play. Craig James, uh, shoulder injury, he's out. Nate Erbig, finger injury, limited practice. We don't know if he's going to play. I feel like he should. As I said, most of these players probably going to play or maybe sit on the bench. Jack Driscoll, uh, the rookie out of Auburn, ankle injury. He was full practice today. Let's see, Malik Jackson, quad injury, full practice. Alshon Jeffrey, we're going to talk about that. Calf injury, full practice. Lane Johnson, ankle, full practice. Cravon LeBlanc, uh, quad injury, full practice. Jason Peters, uh, just a rest day, full practice. 
Miles Sanders knee injury, full practice. So, uh, we're going to get to that. We are certainly going to get to that in the next couple minutes because I have a good feeling. At the same time, the cornerback two position kind of concerns me. So, let's talk about the Eagles' stats real quick. Uh, the Eagles, they are... 27th in total yards. I'm talking about offense first. 27th in total yards per game with 330.3. With passing yards per game, 192.2 per game, and they're 27th. Rushing yards, they are 13th with 118.6 per game. And points, they're 24th with 23.3. Now you look at their defensive side, which is slightly better. Uh, 340.1 total yards allowed per game. That's 10th in the league. Passing yards, they are 4th. Per game, 209.4. They're 24th in rushing yards allowed per game, 130.8. And then you look at the points, 17th, 25.6 points allowed per game. Look at the Giants' offense, which is a drastic, I would say, uh, comparison to the Eagles' offense. Or maybe matching up against that Eagles' defense. Total yards per game, 298.2, 31st. Passing yards per game, 192.2, 30th. Rushing yards, 106 that's 21st. And then you look at the points, 18.7, 31st. Look at the defensive side, which is better. Uh, total yards, 360.6 allowed per game. 15th in the league. Passing yards allowed per game, 262.2, 25th. Rushing yards, 94.8. That's 6th in the league. And then you got points per game, 24.3 and 13th. So I'm going to talk about this. And it's going to get to my keys to the game. I want to also evaluate the players to watch so here's my players to watch miles sanders rookie receiver john hightower tight end richard rogers tight end dallas goddard wide receiver travis fulgham wide receiver alshon jeffrey defensive ends brandon graham vinnie curry and Derek barnett so let me go into the miles sanders thing now uh obviously he didn't play the last game uh, I forget who was on the ground for them it was some other guy i think boston scott and Corey clement as well so, uh, I don't think they did a tremendous job against the Giants defense. Pass defense, we're going to talk about that. John Hightower, his leading receiving game was against the Giants, where he had one reception for 59 yards. That was against Ryan Lewis. Uh, Richard Rodgers, same thing. Six receptions, 85 yards against the Giants. The height of his receptions and also the height of his yards all season. I look at Dallas Goddard. The most was uh, the opening game against the Washington football team where they lost. Eight receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Travis Fulgham, he's been you know something of a surprise for me all year. Was a former punt returner for the Lions, I believe. Turned into, I guess, a stud receiver. This year, he has 29 receptions for 425 yards and four touchdowns. He gained, I believe, 70-something uh, yards on the Giants last time. Wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, he's coming back. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a minute in a bigger sense. Brandon Graham, he's got 18 pressures this year, 7 sacks, uh, 3 quarterback knockdowns. This guy is destructive. And we've seen that time and time again. Vinny Curry, I don't have a stats on me right now, but um, I think he has only 3 pressures on the season. But people are going to say, oh, Vinny Curry's only got 3 pressures and like a half a sack this season. Well, if your offensive line doesn't do good, he's going to merge into the game. He's going to merge into the equation. You look at Derek Barnett, he has nine pressures this year, three and a half sacks, four quarterback knockdowns, and uh, one hurry. So he's been, you know, performing, I would say, pretty well in my opinion, but I haven't watched the film or looked at the analytics side of it, so I can't say for sure. But again, he's like Vinnie Curry, 
if your offensive line's bad, he's coming into the equation and sacking your quarterback. So let me talk about this whole cornerback two thing and how it's going to affect this. So um, it doesn't look like other than uh, maybe two wide receivers that any wide receiver for the Eagles is going to be inactive because I believe they have Hightower, a Sega Whiteside. Uh, they get Alshon Jeffrey this week. They get Travis Fulgham. And I think they have six or seven wide receivers and only two tight ends. So let me get to the point on that. Um, obviously, Isaac Yadom is not the best option at cornerback, too. I discussed that earlier. And if he's injured, my Dre Harper is going to be filling in, most likely. Because what are you going to do? Paul Williamson and Williams off the practice squad? That's not going to happen. Unless you have Logan Ryan come down to cornerback two, and you have Julian Love play safety most of the game, and don't do any three safety looks, which would be kind of odd. So... Alshon Jeffries coming back. Arcega Whiteside's nothing, in my opinion. But then again, you know, he could have a game against the Giants. Who knows? So Jeffries coming back. You also have Travis Fulgham. That's an ugly matchup. I'm pretty sure you also have Deshaun Jackson if he didn't get injured. Actually, excuse me. I believe he's on IR uh, because he got hurt when Ballantine, uh had that helmet-to-helmet contact against him. Um, but anyway, going back to the point, you know, Hightower, he's another option. He could take you deep down the field. We saw that one reception against the Eagles and the, what he did. So it's going to be a tough situation on defense. You know, everybody at the beginning of the year, including myself, we were saying, why aren't we going in the run game? We're going in the pass game. Everything flipped now. It's, you know, what was supposed to be the expectation. Uh, we're good in the run game. We're not going in the pass game. We're going on defense, I would say solid, decent, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Um, but the expectations are filled out now. Blake Martinez, Austin Johnson, they were brought in to be run stoppers. They're run stoppers. We know this. We don't have a cornerback two position. We rank 25th in pass defense. Not very good. And, you know, if Yadom does not play on Sunday, you are screwed in my opinion. Unless you match up some safety matchup against John Hightower or do... Listen, I'm not doubting the fact that Patrick Graham has been decent and a good defensive coordinator all year for the Giants. I'm not doubting that. But when you have limited tools, and I don't know who they protected this week, but when you have limited tools and you're supposed to do safety matchup against a wide receiver and maybe Yidom's not playing, so you put Harper in and you put Hartaj in for the first couple of defensive snaps. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see, and it's going to be a mixed bag. That's in my opinion. I think we could stop them on the ground. Miles Sanders, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad running back. I just think we could stop them on the ground, as long as Boston Scott doesn't play. But um, back to my point, you know, Miles Sanders could have a good game. Who knows? This is the Giants. Anything could happen because we've seen that all season. You know, it's every win or every most of the games, I should say, you know, where it's been nail biting tight. Everybody's saying, oh, the Eagles are going to crush the Giants. No, listen, look, you look at the last three home scores, 2017, 2018, 2019, Eagles have scored 34 points in all of those games. That's not combined. That's about average. And I'm not really saying it's average or should I just say uh, they've scored 34 points each of those times. 34-17 in 2019. 34-13 in 2018. 34-29 in 2017. They like putting a 34 spot on us at home. But, you know, people could say, oh, uh, Carson Wentz, you know, he's a turnover machine. Yes, he is. 
Um, but going back to my conversation with NY Giants Rush, you know, listen, I like what Graham is doing. It's different. It's Belichickian. But, you know, I get that it's not the style of a defense, but the times where you can't hide your cornerback too, the times where you can't get to the quarterback and maybe somebody's wide open in the middle of the field, that's going to cost you. That's going to look bad on the statue. That's going to look bad in the film room. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I've always liked getting an edge rusher. Obviously, we haven't really taken that to form. Uh, Carter Coughlin, he's a good option. But obviously, we'll see where his progression goes. So, uh, I mean, he did record his first NFL sack a couple of weeks ago. But then again, you know, uh, that's a different topic. So, you know, for the Giants defense, you know, I feel like there's more emphasis on the Giants defense rather than the offense. And there's times where I feel the opposite. But in this game, if you were to win the game on defense, you need to hide that cornerback to position and blitz the hell out of him. We are 21st in blitz percentage. Now, I'm not saying do James Betcher and blitz, 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 and have it, you know, uh, open up your secondary. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like, you know, coordinate it to where you're either hiding the cornerback to or he just covers well, and you get the pressure on Carson Wentz to make him a stupid decision. Because we did that, Carson Wentz turned over the ball once. Uh, the last time was James Bradbury interception. So, uh, let's go over the keys to win. Number one, pressure Carson Wentz, stop the passing attack. I basically already stated that. Cornerback two is a key position for the Eagles to attack, and I know they will be attacking that. Even if Ryan Lewis was on the field, they will be attacking that. Uh, number two, Daniel Jones don't turn over the ball. Listen, um... You can make the case, Daniel Jones, oh, he uh, didn't turn over the ball last week. He had two fumbles, though. That's it. That's kind of where the negativity falls in. He fumbled twice. Now, on that one play where he got absolutely beamed by I forget who, great, he held onto the ball. But it's going to be, you know, those times where people are going to look at the bad plays and say, okay, you need to improve on this. Because a lot of people, you know, especially if it comes to the offensive line, it comes to a quarterback, you're looking at more of those bad plays more than those good plays. Because, you know, it's a difference in your record. Because Jordan and I were having a discussion, you know, earlier in the year, whether it was on the podcast or whether it was in uh, on your sports chat, basically said, you know, the Giants going 1-15 this year. Let's say that does happen. Um, that was at the time. Obviously, you know, we're not going to be 1-15 unless, you know, some cheating scandal. Uh, God forbid. Um, you know, Giants, let's just say go 1-15 this year. It's not going to be because the defense is so horrible. It's going to... It's going to be because of the quarterback. It's going to be because of his leadership or the fact that he's turning over the ball and losing you football games. That's the reason. That's the reason. And, you know, great that Jones didn't turn over the ball, but he fumbled twice last week. And, you know, that's an improvement, but it's slight. It's not necessarily, oh, uh, Jones didn't fumble the football. Um, You know, he didn't turn over at all last week. I'm sorry, but, you know, those are just the facts. I like Daniel Jones. I want him to be our franchise quarterback. I'm not on that, you know, tank for Trevor train. No, I'm not on that. You know, if we get to a point in the year, if we get to a point in the year where it's like, you know, Daniel Jones is not doing that well, fine. Then, you know, get another franchise quarterback next year. Number three, stay in the game. So, for the last two years, I want to say, uh, more likely, I would say, last year because it showed a lot with the bad defense we had if you were watching the game against the Eagles we were in that game and then the offense didn't score and the defense gave up points that's bad and the Giants feel like here need to stay in the game you look at the matchup before 2019 we got absolutely obliterated 
by the Eagles. Three scores. We got obliterated. You know, our biggest, two biggest plays came on a Saquon Barkley rushing touchdown and a Saquon Barkley screenplay. There was no plays down the field. Yeah, again, it was Eli. But again, our defense did not stay in the game. So basically, my point is, whether it's the defense that's the X factor or it's the offense and not turning over the ball that's the X factor, you need to stay into this game. And again, my good feelings have nothing to do with what the Giants are going to do this weekend. No, this is no jinxing thing. This is no, oh, uh, you have the magic spell, all tail two halves. Listen, obviously you need to play two halves to win a football game. If you don't do that, then I don't know what your team is uh, doing and what the strategy is. But, you know, the last two years, it's either been competitive or non-competitive. And you can make a case all season that all of our games have been competitive except for the 49ers game. And you can make a case that the first half of the 49ers game was competitive. So again, the Giants need to stay in the game. And it's really a difference. And this is my last topic before we go to uh, you know pretty much wrap it up. This is my last topic. If the Giants win this game, they're looked at as, holy shit, you know, they may be a semi-serious team. You know, we need to take them seriously. Because let's just say Giants win this game. You can compete with, and it depends on how they win too. My opinion, we'll beat Cincinnati. That's my opinion. I think we can beat Cincinnati. You know, we could wreck their terrible offensive line. I'm not saying A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd won't be a factor. I just think that Joe Burrow might end up doing a rookie mistake. Honestly, honestly, I think that, you know, a lot of people are picking, oh, Cincinnati's going to beat the Giants. You know what? Let's cut the line there, people. I'm pretty sure they only have one or two wins. Um, But let's put aside that game and put aside the Cowboy game, right? Because those are the two matchups, I believe, that are against under 500 teams. So let's say you win against the Eagles, right? It also depends on how you win. I'm not going to get into the, like, oh, what if the defense does good? What if the offense is good? You are going to need a very, very good defense, or at least a good defensive game plan to battle Russell Wilson. He is an MVP candidate right now. His defense absolutely fucking sucks. The fact that they traded for Jamal Adams means absolute shit right now. Because he isn't impacting them like many thought, and it looks like maybe it's a fucking tie because no team uh, has won that trade. I don't know. But my point is, is that you need a good defense for that game. Because Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, David Moore, you know, those three receivers. You're going to need healthy corners and good corners. You know, it's not just going to be, oh, well, do this and put this one there. No, this is not what it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, uh, whether they out-scheme us on offense or, you know, basically what I just mentioned. But, you know, it would be also the... uh, the way to beat them if we beat them on offense by getting to their defense. Their defense is probably the worst defense in the league. I'm sorry, Russell Wilson. You know, the Seahawks are my second favorite team if I had to pick one. But their defense is just fucking awful. 360 passing yards per game. If we don't take advantage of that, I'm going to be very unhappy. Look at the next game. I think that's against the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. It might be against the Browns. Uh, that is against the Cardinals, yes. To be honest with you... I don't know if we'll win that game. Honest opinion. Because I feel like they... Listen, they have one of the best offenses in the league. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And we handled Hopkins not too badly the last time out, which was 2018 against the Texans. But, again, you know, it's going to be tackling Kyler. Kyler is like... I don't even know what to call him. You know, he runs around to the pocket of voids getting sacked most of the time. Even though teams have beat them. 
they're what five and three, six and two, something like that. So I think the main emphasis for that game is stopping them on defense and penetrating them. That's my thing because you want to get Kyler in a pocket. You don't want to release him out of the pocket and then he runs for fifty yards on the field. No, it's not what you want happening. Kenny and Drake probably going to be back by the time. Um, also, uh, their defense isn't very good, so let's just put that out there. Next game against the Browns. I honestly think we could win that game. You win against the Eagles, you can win against the Browns. The Browns are so inconsistent. Listen, they may have a five hundred or over five hundred record right now. But that doesn't show what Baker Mayfield is. You put pressure on the offensive line, and their offensive line hasn't done bad. Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, he's done very well. Um, but if you put pressure on Baker, make him do a stupid decision. If you put, like, I don't know, some tricks out there where you have this guy covering this guy or some illusion, optical illusion for him, he will make a mistake. He is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in this league. And by proving that, you could eventually put him into a mistake. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do to beat the Browns. No OBJ this year. Oh, uh, um, you know, the OBJ return to MetLife. Well, listen, number one, there's no fans. Number two, uh, he's not playing. So Jarvis Landry and any other receivers they have will be the main impact. Defensively, I'm not too worried about. But Miles Garrett will be something of a test for Matt Parrott, Cameron Fleming, and Andrew Thomas. And then you look at the next game against the Ravens. Oh, boy. Uh, I am not ready for that game. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. Uh, I don't think we could beat them. But you could be rather competitive. Because everyone's going to say, Oh, you guys are going to get crushed by the Bucks." Well, we didn't get crushed by the Bucks. It was actually a close game. We had the lead at one point. Uh, same thing like the Steelers game. Uh, one of the best defenses in football. Their passing game is non-existent. Uh, obviously, Lamar likes to run the football every single play he gets. So, pretty good team. I think they could win that division if the Steelers start losing at some point, but it looks like they uh, haven't started losing yet because they're still undefeated. Uh, but I think the Giants can be competitive in that game if they stop Lamar. You stop Lamar and you try to infiltrate something on offense and you know power up the offense or do something. As I said, me and Jordan are probably next week going to go over and probably next Tuesday or maybe even next Friday, probably going to go over what the Giants need to do to win out or possibly win most of their games uh, going into, uh, or, should, or I should say coming out of the bye. So that's what probably that means. Cowboys, I think we could beat them. Whether they have Ben DiNucci or whether they have Andy Dolan pending some like mass uh, injury by the Giants or Daniel Jones gets injured or somebody else uh, gets injured uh, and people are saying, oh, the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants. Uh, no. I think the Giants will be winning that game. Thank you very much. So that is the end of this podcast episode, episode number 61. Thank you guys for tuning in. As usual, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow our Instagram and Twitter account, Epic Lou in the Bronx. Our podcasts are available on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Uh, I will be going live, most likely, on Sunday as a pregame to follow up with my picks uh, because I will be, you know, pretty much calling out my picks and um, I'm probably going to do that, start doing that on podcast maybe, maybe just to add some flavor to it, I don't know uh, but anyway, thank you guys and we will see you on Sunday if you join me on Sportscaster, if not Tuesday and uh, I have a good feeling about this game, but again, same time, you know, this is the Giants we're talking about go Giants, let's have a win Sunday, let's beat the Eagles for the first time in how many fucking years 
Uh, thank you guys, and we will see you on Sunday or Tuesday, whichever one you like.